The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to the Rotowire Prospect Podcast. I'm Clay Link here with Rotowire.com's lead prospect analyst, James Anderson. James, we are throwing a wrench in things a little bit, recording a day early because you and I both got shot number two coming up. And uh, I thought I might be able to record tomorrow anyway, but my brother said, uh, you may want to figure out another another plan of attack because he was dealing with the uh, the effects of shot number two, so... Uh, good to be talking with you, even if it is a day early. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm trying to get uh, trying to get my house in order for uh, anticipating maybe not being able to do stuff for for a day or two. So <laughs> yeah, uh, it's going to be a be a busy Tuesday, but uh, hopefully we'll still be able to give uh, some solid stuff to the listeners. Yeah, I just wanted to throw that out in case anything crazy happened over the next 24 hours, and we're not addressing it. <laughs> be kind of awkward but um yeah just for transparency reasons wanted to mention that it is stashing season james we got well we got kelnick up but stashing on alec manoa wander franco i was thinking about plugging franco into my al towers lineup just over hanser alberto has been a negative so far but then I listened to your pod with uh, Chris Welsh, and you, you seem to be pumping the brakes a little bit as far as a realistic call update for uh, Wander Franco. Well, I, I just think it's it's really important to kind of 
look at this and like sort of see the the whole big picture uh, with Tampa Bay. Uh, you know, this isn't a case of there being this one like glaring hole and only one guy who can possibly fill that hole at the the level below. Uh, there are you know, all, all of the big name raised guys at AAA are all at least 70% better than league average through almost two weeks here. And multiple of those guys can play shortstop. And I'm also not even sure that they want to pull the plug on Adamus just yet. So uh, I think it, obviously, I think it, it'd be, it's easy to just look at like Wander Franco versus Willie Adamus and say like Wander Franco uh, is a better option for the Rays right now than Willie Adamas. But, I mean, I think you could also maybe say Taylor Wallace is a better option than Willie Adamas. Uh, Fidel Brujan is maybe a better option than a couple guys on that roster, and he can play all over the middle of the diamond. So, like, they could try other guys at shortstop, and, um, like, Josh Lowe is, is raking as well. And so I just – you know, the only one of those guys who's not on the 40 man is Wander Franco. So I think it's just, it's a big, it's a big step for me to take logically to just think that he'll be the guy when the other three are on the 40 man and they're also absolutely raking right now. And I'm, and again, like, I think it's obviously very easy for us to just say Willie Adamas is, is terrible and they should move on from him. Uh, but like, what do you do with him then? Do you send him down? I don't even know if he has an option. Um, but like he's still an, an awesome defensive shortstop and someone who not that long ago was considered a, a no doubt building block for them. So I just think it's it's a lot more complicated than just saying like Wander Franco should replace Willie Davis. And the Prospect Podcast, by the way, is sponsored by WinBet. We appreciate their sponsorship of the show. I'm still getting in the habit of mentioning that at the top. And at the end, uh, don't let me forget. But yeah, I was, I was kind of like, oh man, James kind of throwing some cold water on this. I was hoping to get him up soon, but I, I get totally where you're coming from. It's a realistic take, and I was kind of like, well, Franco's kind of kicking the door down. But then I looked at the numbers of Bruhan and of Taylor Walls, and they're they all have an OPS over over a thousand. In fact, <laughs> in fact, Bruhan's OPS is even higher than Franco's, so it's. Yeah, I mean, this yeah, is one of the this is one of the more stacked AAA lineups you're ever going to see because it's mm-hmm. not it's not like some quad A guys, you know, raking. I mean, these are all just stud prospects, and they're all performing, and they're all, um, you know, they all kind of look like they're they're ready or at least close to ready, and they all are two way guys. Like they're not just mashers. Like these guys are up the middle players, all four of them. So it's just. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a complicated situation to try to handle. Like, I don't even know exactly what I would do if I was running things in Tampa Bay because, you know, you don't, you, you really got to walk that fine line of like, yeah, we want to put the best team we can out there. Um, but there are just so many players and so many personalities involved that any decision you make is just going to have uh, ramifications and you just have to kind of be, you know, you got to handle it kind of delicately, maybe. I mean, depending on how you think certain guys are going to react to certain decisions. And, um, you know, it's hard to look like any of those guys in the face and say, well, like this guy deserved it, but you didn't deserve it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just, it's a very complicated situation. Yeah. Just an embarrassment of riches 
We will keep an eye out. Hopefully those guys deemed ready pretty soon. A guy who was deemed ready out in Oakland, James, Luis Barrera, uh, got the call. Apparently, I just saw a tweet. They're like kind of waiting on Mitch Moreland. They're kind of running through him through a battery of tests to see, you know, what the deal is. Um, but it sounds like Barrera is going to be added to the active roster pretty soon. What can you tell us about him? He's a guy that I've, I've liked for a while. He's been on the older side of things. Obviously, a lot of guys uh, right now seem a little older just because they weren't able to play last year. But uh, Barrera is already 25, but he's a 70-grade runner, and he can play all three outfield spots, and he's off to a really good start. I mean, he's off to the type of start you'd expect a guy with his uh, track record and with his of his age to be you know, doing at, at triple a Las Vegas. Uh, but still like, you know, there are multiple avenues for him to get at bats. I think, I, I mean, Seth Brown hasn't been very good. So even if the corresponding move is just Mitch Moreland goes to the IL, um, I think that Barrera brings enough value defensively because he's got a plus arm as well, uh, that he would be a guy that would be seeing time strictly in the outfield, I think. And then they could mix guys in at DH um, if Moreland uh, hit the IL, but also like, I, I'm not sure Luis Barrera is not just better than Seth Brown. And, you know, he could just take some of his playing time as well uh, out in the outfield. So uh, if he does start to play regularly and he hits, I mean, the, he has to hit obviously for this to be a worthwhile pickup, uh, for fantasy, but uh, I think there's a there's a chance he could, and if he does, I mean, he's got the speed to be uh, a needle mover in in deeper mixed leagues. That's nice, man. I need some speed desperately in a few leagues. I'm in one league, if sitting with a one in both average and stolen bases, which <laughs> is hard to dig yourself out of that hole, man. Um, I still am like fourth in the league, but it's like if I could just get a few steals and a few. Uh, you know, points and batting average would be a lot better. So, yeah, I'll be eyeing up Vidal Brujan potentially because Wander Franco pretty much stashed everywhere. Uh, but Brujan and, yeah, Luis Barrera maybe. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think Barrera just, you know, someone to just watch here over these next, like, four or five days in advance of Sunday Fab because um, obviously not a not a big-name prospect, not someone – I don't think there's going to be, like, a Fab of Palooza or anything on Luis Barrera, but – if it looks like there's, you know, some momentum building towards him kind of playing pretty regularly, uh, I think in 15 teamers, he's he's worth just grab him, see how he does over that next week, and, and maybe there's something there. I already have been subjected to a few Duran Duran jokes. I don't really get them because I never listened to Duran <laughs> Duran. People try to, like, I think it was Todd who tried to make a reference to one of their songs and it flew over my head, but... Uh, the reason we're going to be getting those Duran Duran jokes is because Jaron Duran is just raking. Not, I mean, he doesn't have an OPS over a thousand like those three Rays prospects, but 998 is still pretty good. Uh, four homers. Is there a jet taking off near you? Yeah. I think I just hear it. I think I hear the same one. Yeah. I think I hear the same one. We're not that far apart here in Madison. Um, 283 for Jaron Duran, two, uh, 389 on base, four homers, three stolen bases. Do you think we will maybe have a Fabapalooza for this guy? Because I could see people getting pretty excited. 
Oh yeah. I mean, the Duran is one of those guys where I think the redraft buzz has passed the dynasty buzz. Like I, cause people that, you know, people that have been following that follow prospects basically from when they enter pro ball, like we've known about Duran for a long time and he's had some ups and downs uh, as a prospect, but I think a lot of people, and then there's kind of a Boston Red Sox sort of bump there too, but uh, a lot of people who don't necessarily live in the dynasty world and don't analyze all these prospects um, for multiple years before they get to the majors, people are just incredibly excited by this guy's, Obviously, he's had speed for a long time, but he's he's got some newfound power too after a swing change. So, uh, I think he's the type of guy where the NFBC crowd is going to go nuts for. Uh, you know, his value, I think, like in that market, to me, is is significantly higher than his his dynasty value. But, um, I mean, I'm I don't see myself getting in on that. Uh, it's going to be prohibitive at least in in my estimation the the price to acquire him in in those types of leagues but um yeah i mean there's there's a lot to like here for from a roto standpoint uh the strikeout rate is still kind of high but he's he's walking a ton too so um you know i i'm trying to pump the brakes a little bit but maybe i'm just being too slow to kind of buy into to his uh swing change being translatable with a, with a high batting average. But I mean, the speed at least should play as long as he's getting regular playing time whenever he comes up, which I would assume he would get. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think he's going to be the type of guy who goes for like 300, 400 bucks in NFBC leagues, especially 15 teamers. And I, I won't go anywhere near that. Yeah, I probably won't, but just because I don't have the fab money to do it. Um, <laughs> it's already, <laughs> dwindling in a lot of leagues uh that's all right though i've been getting a few like well guys who i feel like are bargains like larnick who's doing all right actually but not no power yet but um you definitely see like lower bids across the board because i think a lot of people are in the same boat as me where you know 200 300 range uh rest of the rest of the way it'll have to have to make do uh, James Alec Manoa is basically pulling a Jack Nicholson in The Shining, just hammering that door down. I, I would love to see this guy up soon. Uh, Blue Jays are pretty good. You think they want to bring this chip up, push him into the table, and uh, he certainly looks like he could he could make that jump and hold his own. Yeah, I uh, I mean I'm I just keep looking at. Anthony K and that that Anthony K spot in the rotation <laughs> yeah. seems right for the, an upgrade. Staring you right in the face. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, looking at that too. And I was like, maybe Manoa because I picked him up in Tower Wars. I tweeted this, but I know not everybody is on Twitter. <laughs> not everybody follows me on Twitter. That's fine. But I picked up Manoa and Tower head to head, and I have to keep him active for the full week. But I actually think there's maybe a chance he slots in for K on Friday. Maybe I mean. It's maybe pushing it, but um. well, I guess you know. Annoyingly, K had his his only good outing of the year was his last outing, um, <laughs> so maybe that buys yeah. him another turn. But um, you know, I think I think even if K were to 
have another okay outing. I think whenever whenever Toronto decides they're ready for Manila, I think they'll they'll find a spot for him regardless. I mean, uh, he, I think he obviously is kind of one of their three three to four most important starting pitchers rest of the season. So I don't see the point of really keeping him down longer than longer than they think is necessary uh, just for his own development. So it, it might just take one more, one more strong outing from Manoa and we could see him. He's uh, he's pitching uh, today as uh, yeah. the day we're recording Tuesday uh, against Worcester and um so we'll get to face duran and some of their young studs well yeah i mean he already he already destroyed them i think oh, that, was yeah. his first, that was his first start of the year uh so it'll be there yeah it'll be their chance for some revenge but um yeah i mean i think that's that's a, a solid test Worcester's a strong lineup so i think if he if he handles that again maybe that could be his last start in the minors yeah, so obviously he would not be lined up if he's starting today to take case spot this week. But yeah, maybe they line line that up for future weeks. Uh, just an exciting, exciting arm for for Toronto. Anthony Kay, and he has six innings each of his first two starts. Uh, Kay's came back to earth a little bit, but still only allowed one hit over six scoreless. So that's twelve scoreless innings to kick off the year. Three hits. Two walks, 17 Ks. So, yeah, he looks fantastic. And your top pitching prospect in the game, as we've talked about. Um, yep. What about Jesus Sanchez? Another guy we talked about a little bit on the show, but seems like he's uh, pretty close. I know Craig Mish said, you know, talk to me again in two weeks on Twitter because uh, they just want to see him stay healthy for a prolonged period. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we can kind of move through him pretty quickly. I mean, he's still swinging a red-hot bat, uh, but, um, I mean, we're still working with such a small sample size that his strikeout rate has doubled since the last time we talked about him. So um, I, I think yeah. Mish is probably spot on there. I would probably look for uh, early June is probably the most likely time we see him, but um, – He's he's on the very short list of top guys to stash at AAA right now. And Jackson Cower, we discussed a little bit when we talked about Daniel Lynch getting demoted. Um, I know you're pretty high on Cower. Do you think he's about ready for that next level in terms of you know, readiness for that challenge? Yeah, I'm I'm very bullish on Cower. Um, he's made three starts already. And he's got 22 Ks and 15 and two thirds innings, uh, six walks over that stretch for Cower, uh, 11 hits, but he's gotten five plus in all three starts. He's only given up a single run in, in two of those and uh, just has, has a lot of my favorite traits in a, in a pitching prospect. I mean, he's got really good size. He's really athletic. He's got a monster changeup. Uh, mid nineties fastball, uh, breaking balls, always going to be kind of his third pitch, but, uh, it only needs to be about a 50 grade pitch for, I think, to, for him to have a lot of success. And, um, I honestly was a little surprised that Lynch got that call ahead of him, but, uh, Cower, I think is just a much better bet than Lynch. I mean, Lynch is just always 
sort of profile as one of those guys where it's going to take a little bit longer uh, command. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Has, has not necessarily been a strength of his and um, just one of those electric, super tall arms where it's probably going to take a little bit longer, but Cower to me could have success right away. And he's flying, still flying pretty under the radar. I think you could still scoop him up in, in some redraft leagues if you're looking for some help on the pitching side. And yeah, I can't, I can't imagine he's down. Um, like, I think if, if It'd be surprising if he didn't make his big league debut sometime in June at the latest if he stays healthy. All right, so we'll talk about more prospects ready for a promotion momentarily. But first, let's throw to a word from our sponsors. And we're back on the Rotowire Prospect Podcast. James Anderson here with Clay Link. And uh, anything else you want to add about your boy Chris Gittens? You've waxed poetic before. Um, well, I... I was kind of uh, just had my eyes glued to Twitter uh, when Stanton landed on the IL with that strain left quad. Uh, oh right, yeah. Haven't seen any. Haven't seen any news yet about uh, Gittens possibly getting the call, but uh, just just the situation to monitor. I mean, I think they obviously have plenty of guys that can. You know, they got. Uh, Miguel Andahar, Mike Ford, guys like that who've been sort of biding their time uh, at the majors um, and sort of awaiting an opportunity as well. So it, it might not be Gittin's turn, but I, I do think if he were to get the call, he'd be someone I would be looking to scoop up pretty much everywhere. Yeah, that's a good one because that division's pretty well bunched up right now. And maybe the Yankees you know, feel they need a little extra firepower and bring him up. Uh, now, jumping down to the double-A level, James, guys who could get bumped up to triple-A or, may, hell, maybe even bypass triple-A. Um, well, actually, um, so there there actually is a uh, kind of a complication there this year uh, mm-hmm. that I wasn't even aware of until like a, a week a week or so ago. But uh, apparently, like, just the COVID testing protocols at triple-A and the big leagues are – identical but it's a little bit different at double a so i think just from the way i understand it is someone that gets the bump from double a to either triple a or the majors would need to be um isolated um for for several days 
or something, something to that effect. Um, hmm. So it's, I wouldn't expect, I guess the way I'd, I'd phrase it, I wouldn't expect anyone of note to go from double A to the majors this year. I think you'll see hmm. maybe some of these guys might go to triple A um, for a few weeks. Now that's, that's not even atypical from a normal year. Like, I mean, I, I struggle to think of more than, you know, four or five guys who have been big time prospects who skipped triple A completely. I mean, like Juan Soto, Andrew Benintendi come to mind, but usually most guys go to triple A, even if it's only for a few weeks. So, um, well, yeah, that's just, good to just point out because, yeah, yeah, because it sounds like, yeah, that sounds like you probably won't, that may be a thing of the past guys just leap in triple A. And so you may, yeah, may just want to cross that out of the, your your mind in terms of possibilities, right? Um, but Simeon Woods Richardson in the Blue Jays system, he's been pitching pretty well. Only you know five innings about per, per turn, but uh, overall numbers twenty three Ks and seven walks and in fourteen innings. Do you think maybe when they bring up Alec Manoa that maybe Simeon Woods Richardson takes Manoa's spot in the AAA rotation? Yeah, I think that's a really good call. And we, we touched on this a couple podcasts ago where I was surprised Woods Richardson got sent to double A, to be honest. And and that uh, that also kind of makes his strong start to the year a little less surprising just because – and that's kind of the case with a few of these guys that we're going to touch on. They're sort of repeats from guys who are sort of under-assigned to start the year. And so naturally they're, they're producing uh, Woods Richardson – you know, too advanced probably for double A already. So, uh, you know, I, I, I hope that we're right about just thinking that Manoa could be up any week now. Uh, and if we are right about that, I, I certainly would assume Woods Richardson would get that bump up to triple A. And Tristan Casas off to a pretty nice start, 341 average, uh, three homers, 12 RBI. He only has three walks against 12 Ks, but, uh, He's 21 years old, so, you know, it seems like he's he's getting pretty close and he's probably, probably ready for that next challenge. Yeah, and, and he was someone who just just sort of based on everything we'd been hearing from, like, the alt site and stuff like that over the past year, I thought that he would probably spend more time this year at AAA than, than any other level. And the AA assignment wasn't necessarily shocking just because he'd only played two games at high A in 2019. But yeah, I mean, he looks like one of the better hitters at double A so far. And um, sometimes, you know, walk rates, walk rates are tough to analyze uh, with players who are just raking um, because it's, you know, it's, it's hard to fault a guy for like not working the count a little more if they're just doing a ton of damage when they do decide to swing. So I, you know, especially when, when it seems like a guy might be a little too advanced for a level, like the, the walk rate, you know, maybe it, maybe it matters. Maybe it doesn't matter a a ton just because they're not really facing any resistance from the pitching they're up against. So they're just kind of ready to eat every time they get up, up to bat. So um, I'm just, I'm, I'm encouraged by the fact that his strikeout rate is, is only around 25%. I mean, if he keeps it there, uh, at triple a, I mean, he's going to do a ton of damage. So, um, those, 
I know we've got a lot of listeners who live like close to Worcester and you'll, you'll definitely get your chance to, to see plenty of cases this summer. Very nice. What can you tell us about Michael Bush's start at double a man? He's, he's raking as well. Uh, you know, kind of a similar prospect to cases, um, for the Dodgers, he's he's making the jump from low A in 2019 up to double A, but he is already 23 years old. So this was uh, the the assumed landing spot for him. He's walking a ton. He's got five homers in 12 games, 362 ISO. Uh, he's a a pretty classic Dodgers prospect who is going to be asked to probably play multiple positions while not being great at any of them and. It's really all about his bat, but uh, you know, I don't, I don't know how much longer he needs to be a double A. To be honest, I mean, he's like I said, he's already twenty three, uh, turns twenty four in in November, so uh, he's probably going to get the bump up to triple A here. I would, I would assume in in a few weeks. Now, the I guess the one complication there is the Dodgers just have a glut of similar guys already up at triple A, so maybe there there isn't a, a spot where they have everyday playing time for him there just yet, but uh, really strong start to the year for Michael Bush. Very nice. And James, I've been made to eat my words on Hunter Green to start this season. Look, I said on this pod, like he looked all fastball and in the spring that he did look like he was just fastball and and nothing else. He was hanging the slider up getting crushed. Uh, but now it looks like maybe he's found the slider. And C. Trent Rosecrans of The Athletic tweeted the other day that, uh, quote, I had somebody tell me they thought the slider could end up making Hunter Green legendary. <laughs> uh, as a Reds fan, I'd absolutely love it. Seems wow. a little far-fetched, especially over maybe an overreaction to what we've seen in, like, what, two weeks of minor league action? Well, I'm – I'm still ready to take an L on Hunter Green, at least. I mean, regardless of how real this is, I I think this is the most surprising start to any minor leaguers season, probably, you know, I mean, through, through three starts, he's been the best pitcher at double a and arguably the best pitcher in the minors. Uh, 37% K minus walk, you know, it's really hard to pick apart anything he's done so far this year. He's just been dominant. And so, yeah, the fastball, the, the slider that has a chance to make him legendary. I mean, it's, it's all working right now for him. So I, I don't want to, I don't really have anything negative to say. I just, I, I feel like pretty much everything I said about him before the season was wrong, but I also was not really working off of a, a ton of information on him. I mean, he, He'd been kind of kept under wraps. So, you know, there were different reports out there about it just kind of being, you know, still just the, the straight triple digit fastball. And it seemed, seemed to me like asking him to go to double a was just an incredibly aggressive assignment. And I think I even said it probably wasn't going to go very well and it couldn't have gone better so far. So, I mean, mm. props to Hunter green and I, I'll be happy to to eat my words on this one. I just hope he I hope he stays healthy and I hope he continues to pound the zone because if he if he does that, I mean like 
you know, even if it's straight, like if you're, if you're pounding the zone with one Oh two and, and you have any kind of combination of secondaries that are halfway decent, you're going to have success. So uh, if he, if he just ends up kind of developing really solid command, that could fix a lot of the issues we were talking about preseason. Yeah. And the slider looks really good. And yeah, if you're throwing a 91 mile an hour slider to, you know, to break off uh, after a hundred, to 105 even. Uh, that's pretty good. What's uh what's Hunter Reed's third pitch? I, I forget. Um, does he have one that he well, trusts? Um well <laughs> I, I don't even know if I've ever seen him throw anything besides fastball slider. <clears throat> um, supposedly he has a change up and a cutter. <laughs> um but I mean do you you know you think about a guy you know, when you, when you have that combination of the fastball and the 91 mile an hour slider, it's hard to really, you know, it's hard to quibble with needing much else than that. I mean, I know we're always talking about which guys need a third pitch to be able to start. Um, you know, I mean, having a third pitch certainly doesn't hurt. Having a fourth pitch is great too. Uh, but we've seen guys like Tyler glass now, you know, when, when the top two pitches are that good, you can have quite a bit of success uh, doing it that way. So yeah, you're no longer uh, like doomed to the bullpen and you only have two pitches. Right. If your two pitches are good enough, you know, and it looks like that may be the case with Hunter Green. Uh, Ronzi Contreras at one time was on uh, my RDI team, James, RIP to RDI. Thank you again for running the show for so many years. Um, so you were a couple of years early on. <laughs> yeah, I saw, I was totally in on him before anybody else. No, I just, I remember that name. Is he with the Yankees? Was that it? I really don't yeah, but he, know much he came him. over. Yeah, he came over as part of that big haul for Jamison Tyon. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he's with and Pirates so he's, right now. Yeah, and he was another guy that got a really aggressive, you know, just, on paper looked like a really aggressive assignment because he had only pitched at low a and opened the year at double a as a 21 year old. And, uh, he's got 22 strikeouts and in 11 innings through two starts, uh, just two walks. And yeah, he's been pretty much unhittable there. And I mean, that, that haul the pirates got for a tie on is, uh, it continues to look pretty strong. So um, Contreras will be a big riser on the, the top 400 update here. And uh, I don't know exactly where he's going to land, but it'll probably be closer to 100 than to 200. Good on the pirates for making a decent trade. Like it's not bad for them. <laughs> at least a step forward as far as you know, after, of course the infamous glass now, Meadows deal. Uh, maybe that new regime starting to get some pieces in place. Uh, James, Julio Rodriguez, we talked earlier about surprising and notable minor league assignments. We said, this guy, why is he going back to high A? It seems like kind of a joke. And indeed, he's making a mockery out of high A pitching. Five homers, 12 RBI, a 12.25 OPS. Uh, he's got three steals and four attempts, too. It's... Uh, it's it's a joke that he's not uh, advanced yet, honestly. I it's 
Yeah, it's really, um, it's really kind of concerning to me, honestly, like just that they would have the, the gall to send him there. And uh, like, again, this is a guy who he had a, he had a 243 WRC plus at high A in 2019. Like, yeah, and then you send him back there two years later. Like, I know it was only 17 games, but. Like he also had an awesome run in the AFL after that. Like he was ready to go to double A in 2020. Like he would have gotten to double A in 2020 and been there for a few months and then got the bump up to triple A. And then, so here we are in 2021 and they send him back to high A. And I know that, uh, I know that Everett is right by Seattle, right by Tacoma uh, compared to Arkansas, but I wasn't arguing for him to go to Arkansas. I was arguing for him to go to Tacoma. Like he should have, yeah. he should have opened here at Triple A. Like so, mm. I, you know, I guess we'll we'll see when he gets the bump to maybe maybe he goes to Double A. Maybe they send him straight to Triple A. But um, you know, he said that he would be the best hitter at High A, and that's exactly where he's been. And uh, I mean, there's a very strong case for him to be the number one prospect in the game. I mean, I have him. I've been moving him around. He's He's behind Franco and Kelnick now, but um, like those three guys, and you could even throw like CJ Abrams in there, like those four guys, easy, easy cases to be the number one prospect in the game and a better case for some of those guys to be the number one prospect in the game than some past number one prospects. So, um, you know, like for instance, I think all four of those guys, stack up better to me as prospects than like Yon Mankata did back when he was the number one prospect in the game. So uh, just a, a ton, a ton of talent up at the top um, Four, really four number one caliber prospects in, in Rodriguez, Kalnick, Wander Franco and CJ Abrams. Nice. Yeah. You've said before, not all number one ranked prospects are created equal and not all twos, threes, fours are either. Um but yeah, you said it's concerning. Do you agree with me? And I think you do that there's something to the idea of maybe a guy stagnating or getting into bad habits. Is that kind of what you mean by concerning or more so just the blatant manipulation of service time? Uh, just, well, yeah, partly that. I mean, I think we saw, I, mean, I think Vlad, Vlad Guerrero Jr.'s development yeah. would have been um, better if he had been pushed when he was ready for levels uh, rather than, just being yeah, you've said that before. Held back, um, but uh, but I'm I'm just concerned. Like, I just what is their end game here? Like, are they seriously gonna make him go to Double A for like three months all summer and hang out in Arkansas? Like, I, <laughs> oh no, I just that sounds horrible. I sorry to our I, friends in Arkansas. I really just don't know what the what the plan is here. Like, it just seems ridiculous to me that he's there and. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I hope it all works out for the best. I mean, maybe maybe he gets a bump up to like Tacoma uh, by the time people are listening to this or something like that. So who knows? But it is like you said, it is kind of a mockery that he's at IA right now. Well, before we continue on, a quick word from our friends over at Vivid Seats. The world is coming back and the NFL season is upon us. I don't know about you, James, but I'm pumped for the recent released regular season schedule. If you're like me and you're looking to see the action live, then head over to Vivid Seats, the ultimate go-to source for live events. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and comedy shows, Vivid Seats makes it easy for you to discover your favorite event, find your seat, gain entry, 
and make new memories. Just download the app, choose your city, and get access to the largest selection of tickets on the games and performances you love, including the NFL, MLB, NBA, and more. For a limited time, Vivid Seats is giving our listeners 10% off your ticket, up to $30 max. Just use the promo code ROTOWIRE when you check out. Every purchase is backed by its 100% buyer guarantee. And you'll even earn cash back with the Vivid Seats Rewards Program. Vivid Seats, getting you into the game. James, other guys who could probably use uh, a bump up in levels. George Kirby in that same Mariners organization. You think he's ready for for a new challenge? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess his is not as sort of offensive as Rodriguez's uh, assignment, but I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's just off to a really good start. Um, kind of wanted to just sort of highlight guys who uh, seem to just not be challenged that much right now. And George Kirby looks great. Um, I mean, we we taught we touched on on the uh, Farm Friday. I think we touched on Nick Gonzalez and Leober Piguero, that that double play tandem. Uh, at high A in the pirate system looking great. Uh, then there's, there's a couple New York shortstops who are just dominating at high A one Ronnie Mauricio uh, in the Mets system and one Oswald Peraza in the Yankees system, uh, different players, but you know, Mauricio, I think I was, I was always like a little lower on him. He was always sort of, you know, kind of borderline, not always, but um, over the past, basically since the pandemic, he'd been sort of a borderline top 100 guy for me, just because, you know, we needed, we, we, we always talked about Mauricio's projectable frame and projectable power. And like, you know, he could really become a, a, an impact uh, power hitting shortstop switch hitter, but it was just kind of, you, you had to project for him to get there and, he wasn't going to be a threat on the bases. So he kind of needed to um, reach those high end outcomes with the hit tool and the power, the game power to be worth waiting the three years. You're going to have to wait for him, but man, I mean, he, he couldn't be off to a hotter start. I mean, he's got four home runs in nine games. He's hitting 341. Uh, striking out a lot, but I mean, he, I saw a video of one of his, his home runs the other day and he's, he has to have added uh, 20 pounds of muscle probably since 2019. So uh, he is filling out that frame as expected and the power is is starting to play. Uh, We'll, we'll kind of see, I mean, over these next few weeks, uh, once everything sort of stabilizes where his batting average is, but uh, Mauricio, off to a, a monster start and Peraza who didn't really have the same type of hype, but he was always sort of seen as kind of the opposite of Mauricio where it was like, there, there's a hit tool, there's uh, plus speed. He's a no doubt shortstop. It's just, is he going to hit for like, is he going to be an Orlando Arcia type of guy or is he going to actually grow into some impact with the bat? And so far he's got five home runs in 12 games at high A as well and uh, walk in over 10% of the time, striking out under 20% of the time. He's got those nine steals, which is obviously a big thing to note through 12 games. But um, Mauricio and Peraza will be a couple uh, pretty big risers, I would imagine, on on the update at the end of the month. 
Nice, man. I'm looking at a tweet right now from MLB Pipeline. I'm going to have to circle back and check out this article from Sam Dykstra, but apparently there's a stolen base explosion going on in the minor leagues. I wonder why that is. Maybe just guys, you know, teams wanting to steal and manufacture runs. Um, this does sound like steals are up around the, the minors. And a guy who already has five down at the low A level, uh, five in as many attempts, Robert Hassel. He's also only struck out two more times than he's walked. He's got 14 walks in 12 games, along with those five steals and two homers. Uh, he's at Lake Elsinore right now. Do you think he moves on Robert Hassel pretty soon here? Yeah, I mean, maybe in maybe sometime in June he gets the bump. You, usually you see those guys who the, the high school crop from the past year's draft, they go to low A and they spend two to three months there. Uh, and if they're really performing, they get the bump then. But uh, the Padres are very aggressive with assignments. And, yeah, I could see Hassel getting the bump up to high A sooner than later. I mean, it's it's really starting to look like if you look at the, the high school hitters from that class, uh, Hassel, Pete Crow Armstrong have been sort of among the elite guys. Th- those two have gotten off to the best start. Uh, Bean, Ed Howard, uh, not quite as impressive. And then a uh, big surprise for me, at least, Jordan Walker, from the Cardinals system, uh, we talked about how the Cardinals were pretty aggressive with where they sent Mason Lynn and Jordan Walker. But I mean, Walker's, I think he's actually got more walks than strikeouts, which is uh, hmm. kind of shocking when you think about the, the scouting report on him coming from the prep ranks. It was just kind of a question of was he going to make enough contact to get to his massive raw power in games? And yeah, he's, he's, walking at like a 23% clip right now. And he's only got the two home runs, but he's got a 324 ISO in 10 games. And Jordan Walker is going to be a a big riser if if he keeps this up. Very nice, man. Well, anybody else you want to mention here? Um, I'll put a lot of this in the show notes if you want to check those out. But uh, anybody that we didn't touch on here in the outline that you want to shout out? Uh, Yeah, I mean, so – Luis Matos has just been uh, on a tear. I mean, I, I think he's quickly become one of my favorite prospects in the minors. Um, he's off to a significantly better start than teammate Marco Luciano. And I mean, he might even be Luciano to, to high A if he keeps this up. Uh, he's just got such, such great bat to ball ability, all field swing. I mean, he's, a really special young hitter and he's got speed to go with that. And and he's going to grow into impact power. So Matos is going to be, I mean, he's already really high, but he'll, he'll continue to rise. Uh, Francisco Alvarez, uh, the, the phenom catcher in the Mets system. I mean, he's off to as good a start as any hitter in the minors. I, I almost said that he was given kind of a, a soft landing spot in the piece from a couple of weeks ago. Uh, just because of the fact that he did get to short season ball uh, in 2019. And so you could have made a case for him opening up at, at high A, but uh, wanted to work on his catching defense and, and really none of the 
guys from that J2 class got the high A bump. So it wasn't that crazy to send him to low A, but I mean, Francisco Alvarez needs a challenge. I mean, he's uh, just outclassing uh, the pitching at, at low A right now. So he definitely needs a bump and he'll, I think he would be ready to handle it. And then Gunnar Henderson with the, the Orioles, that was another pretty soft landing spot, sending him to low A. Uh, he's almost 20 years old. So I think, I think you'll see him get a bump up to high A here pretty soon as well. Nice. Well, we appreciate all the insight as always. I hope you, you know, your recovery from the second shot goes well, maybe doing some cuddling with Baldwin on the couch, just laid up. Yeah, that could happen. That's great. I hope it goes well. Uh, We will move on to the hip hop. I keep saying that. I don't know why I do that. Um, Walk up song draft. And I think you're up first this week, James. So, Latest walk-up track. What's on your mind here? Uh, all right. I'm going to do um, the Out of Control remix by 50 Cent and Mob Deep. Mm. Uh, a, a, commercial, a commercial track, but uh, <laughs> a commercial track that I I really like and uh, would would definitely get me fired up in the box and um you know just as i think it still holds up dr J on the beat of course and um just one of my probably my favorite of the commercial 50 tracks from from that era nice i you know i really like get rich or die trying i have to admit i was into that and some g unit but then i kind of i mean 50 burnt hot and bright you know his his window on top was pretty short, but he was like the hottest thing in the world for a year or two. And uh, I admit I was on that train as well. So for mine, you know, when you walk up, you only have what, 10, 15 seconds. You don't have a lot of, a lot of time to let this track play. And so I want to have a good song with a really good first few notes, you know? And so I'm going to choose, they reminisce over you. Nice. Pete, Pete Rock and CL Smooth. It's just got that classic to kick things off. And uh, I remember first hearing that song when I was playing NBA Street, which is just a fantastic game. It holds up well. NBA Street Volume 2 anyway. But uh, I think that was the first time I'd ever heard that song. And it's really – it really does, you know, stir emotions, as, you know, uh, a song with a lot of nostalgic weight, I guess you could say. Just makes you reminisce on the good times. And so they well, reminisce over you, Troy. That's one of the I mean, that's one of the greatest hip hop songs of all time. So yeah, it really it's a, is. It's a great call. I saw Kyle Schwarber in his return to Chicago was back using um I for always uh Thuggish Ruggish Bone. For a while there I said he was using uh Crossroads. I was incorrect on that, but yeah, his old his old walk up was thuggish, ruggish bone. He was back using that in his return. So I'm kind of mad at Kyle Schwarber for hurting my batting average in a few leagues, but uh, seems like he's got decent taste in, in music. Kyle Schwarber, better than Zach McKinstry. <laughs> yeah, McKinstry's a big uh, Creed guy, I guess. But that'll do it for us, guys. Thank you for listening. And uh, I'll play this little promo. We'll sign off and catch you next week on the Rotowire Prospect Podcast. 
Sponsored by WinBet. Try Rotowire today, free for 10 days. Get our premium tools, rankings, analysis, and breaking news alerts. No credit card required. Go to rotowire.com forward slash try. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, Access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.